the business idiot that taught me a lesson I'll never forget. So the big question is, how are entrepreneurs like us who have too much to do and too little time able to build both the business and the life of our dreams? That's the question. And on this podcast, we'll explore the journey to the answer. My name is Brett Ingram, entrepreneur and award-winning product creator. I chose to build a business and have a time for a personal life, and I want to help you do the same. Welcome to Optimize. So when I was in college, um, I was, you know, this is back in the early 90s. And so just to sort of put it in context, um, I was entrepreneurial back then. And a lot of the people in my school were because it was a business school. But the fact is, there was no internet, at least not in the way that it is now. You couldn't set up websites. You couldn't do online or digital marketing or any of that. So the old traditional sort of entrepreneurial venues were things like, um, and outlets were things like, you know, the kids that sold the t-shirts in the dorms, um, that kind of stuff. It was all sort of um, labor, labor related sort of business ventures. Um, and there wasn't really a lot of stuff you could do with tremendous leverage, like with the internet. And so uh, wanting to start a business, uh, even though I was still in college, um, I had actually stumbled across um, some network marketing stuff. And at the time, I didn't really know anything about it. I had heard of Amway and I knew, you know, some people had some really negative ideas about that or whatever uh, because it had been around so long. But this was a new company. It was a startup. And there were a bunch of people on my campus that I was friends with. And some of them were going to get involved. And so I was intrigued and I, and I really wanted to get um, do something entrepreneurial where I could start making money while I was still in college. I had always been that way. I had paper roots when I was young, lemonade stands, sold chestnut necklaces and all kinds of stuff. And so it fit right in with, with who I was and what I wanted to do. And so um, depending on what you know about network marketing, basically it's all word of mouth. So all of the, the, the marketing, you basically get paid for referring and selling products to other people and signing up other people. And then you get a percentage of what they sell and things like that. And so uh, typically there are meetings with these kinds of organizations. And so we would go to these meetings, um, you know, in, in Rhode Island and we would, you know, it was like an hour long or something on a weeknight and we'd hang out there and then we'd go out and get something to eat and then go back to campus. And so we would do this every week. And, you know, rumors started to spread of this guy who was driving up from Florida or had driven up from Florida and supposedly was wildly successful in this particular business. And, uh, the, you know, the rumor, as it, as it were, that it was that he was stopping at every rest stop on the way up and literally recruiting people into this business. So he wasn't even, didn't even really have a home base. He literally built the business out of his car via rest stops on his way from Florida up to basically Boston or Rhode Island, somewhere in the area he was going to settle. And so nobody really knows to this day how much of that was a tall tale and how much of that was exaggeration. There does tend to be. Um, some elements of that. But the point is, this guy was supposed to be a super success. And he was coming up and was going to be starting to speak at some of our meetings and sort of running things around, um, the, you know, our particular area in the Northeast. And so, you know, we were excited to hear, you know, what he had to say and what he was like and, and what sort of uh, wisdom he'd be able to help us as we were trying to start our businesses grow the way that he had done it. 
because it seemed so easy. It sounded so easy. And I'll never forget the first meeting that I went to. Um, we were at some hotel conference room in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And, um, you know, here's this guy and he gets up there and he had sort of long hair and an earring and stuff. And that was fine. But he starts to talk and, and he was kind of young. I mean, he wasn't more than college age or maybe a couple of years older than that. So I was, I was intrigued and somewhat impressed, but also skeptical because how could this guy have done this in such a short time? You know, we were trying to build our businesses and it was going a lot slower. So he's, he gets up there and he's talking and some of the things that he's saying, he's getting some laughs out of. So then he starts talking about some of the products. And one of the ingredients in particular really st stood out to me because there's an ingredient in one of the products called jojoba oil, I believe is how it's pronounced. And when he got up there and he was talking about it, he said, um, yeah, you know, and then this thing has jojoba oil and everybody in the audience laughs and then corrects him. And he sort of laughs and, and sort of all shucks and says, yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't know, you know, like you, you guys get it. And um, at the time, I'm sitting in the audience and I'm thinking to myself, this guy is an idiot. I studied these products. Like, I know every ingredient in every product. I know how they're pronounced. I know, like, where they're from. I know how they manufacture everything. So I was feeling really superior. I was feeling great. I'm like, if this guy can go and build a business like that, I'm going to be the biggest success this company has ever seen. So I was so excited um, and, you know, so I, I, you know, started to go out there and started to do my own presentations, smaller presentations. I wasn't presenting to a group of people already in the company, but I was trying to go recruit new people to bring them in. And um, so I had made sort of like a slide deck uh, out of a flipboard and I would, you know, dress up. And I would set up these appointments and then I would go and, and meet people, whether it be at a restaurant or, you know, if we had a, a particular venue or whatever. And um, one of the things that, that, you know, I found at the time is I would do this presentation and it was a small group, maybe three to five people each time, and they would clap. And at the time, I thought to myself, you know, wow, that's that's really cool. You know, they're they're impressed and they they, they really see the presentation. Yet at the same time, I wasn't really signing that many people up. The percentage of people that were converting as, you know, to, to use that sort of term and either wanting to buy the products or wanting to become, uh, you know, run it as a business the way that I was, was, was kind of small. And, and I was a little confused. I didn't really understand. I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. I know everything about every one of these products. I can answer every question that anybody has. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm persuasive. I'm articulate. I just don't get it. I mean, why wouldn't everybody jump at this opportunity? And, you know, I don't even know, to be honest with you, when it dawned on me. Because it wasn't in the moment. I was confused. I was upset. Um, needless to say, I, I went on to have a little bit of success um, you know, I reached like one of the milestones, but I was never close to what he was able to do. And I was never close to what a lot of the people were, you know, were able to do. Now, part of that was just that that whole sort of marketing plan for me um, is a little bit antithetical to how I operate. I don't really like to ask my friends and family to buy stuff from me. I don't really like to pitch 
in the same way. And so some of it was certainly that. But the bigger issue, and this is the lesson that I learned once I realized it, is that what he understood that I didn't is that he was relatable and he was approachable. There was no one who was intimidated by this guy, Alan. He could get up there and speak in front of a room and you felt like you could walk up on stage, shake his hand and be right next to him and feel like you guys had something in common and feel like you could do what he does, right? And that is the key, the belief that you could do what he was doing. Because the, at, the, at the moment, what I was thinking sitting in the crowd is, this guy's an idiot. I mean, look, if he can do this, I can do this because there's no question. I mean, he can't even pronounce the names of this stuff. He doesn't even know all the facts. And I didn't realize at the time that you don't sell, you don't persuade with facts. You don't persuade with knowledge, right? It's about the relatability. It's about the approachability. It's about letting other people understand and believe that they would be able to do what you can do if you are you know, trying to get them to, to do what you're doing. If you're trying to sell them a product, it's obviously to get them to believe that that product will get them results. And for me, I was sort of uptight. I was very professional. I always dressed up. You know, he was wearing street clothes. And I was like, who is this guy? You know, everybody else that ever presented at these things was always dressed in a suit or always dressed really professional. In fact, one of the presenters had a slogan, we dress for success. And that's the way that she always looked at it. And this guy threw all that stuff out the window and just came in and was himself. And that resonated with people because here's the thing, and this is the bottom line, right? For me, I might have impressed some of the people. Some of the people might have thought I was a jerk. Who knows? But I might have impressed some of the people. And I, and I take that from the fact that they would clap after my presentation. But they also recognized there was a separation. There was a difference between me and who they were. There was a difference in what I was doing and what they were going to be able to do. They couldn't envision themselves standing in someone's living room with a couch full of people or a table full of people in a suit with a flipboard, presenting everything, rattling off fact after fact after fact. And to be honest, they shouldn't have because that isn't the way that you sell anyway. But I was, you know, 18, 19 years old and I was eager and I thought, you know, the more that I knew, the better I would be. And I didn't realize what I didn't know. But the fact is, it's not about impressing people. It's about relating to people and it's about being approachable and letting them realize that they would be able to get results if they did whatever it is that you're doing. So the lesson that he taught me is to know your audience, to know your audience, no matter what it is that you're selling, no matter what it is that your business is, whether it's a service, whether it's a product, whether it's a, you know, you have to know your audience. Now you may have an audience where a suit and tie works. If you're in financial services and you show up in a t-shirt, that might not fly, right? So it isn't the fact that I was in a suit and the fact that he wasn't. It was the fact that our clients, the people that we were trying to attract into doing what we were doing, were more like him than they were like me. And that is really what made him successful in addition to drive and all those other factors. So you need to understand who your audience is, right? You need to understand 
what they're like. You know, what, what do they what do they do? What are, what are their hobbies? You know, where do they hang out, both online and offline? What are, how, you know, how do they speak? Who do they interact with? These are all the kinds of things that you need to understand. And what, you know, one great exercise for doing this is creating a customer avatar where you literally give the person a name and you could do multiple avatars. If there's multiple segments of your market, you could do a, a man and a woman, you could do, you know, whatever it is, but you give them a name and you give them an actual like look and feel. You can even go on to, you know, some royalty free image site like Pixabay and download a photo or an image of someone that would be your avatar. And you basically write out what keeps them up at night. What are they afraid of? What are they excited about? What are they looking forward to? What are their goals in life, right? What are, you know, what are the things that they do for fun? And what are the primary pains that they're trying to solve? And when you think about that in relation to your product or service, when you think about that in relation to your business offerings, you try to figure out what kind of messaging is going to work for them because the same messaging isn't gonna work for every single group. What's gonna resonate with one group might be different. And here's the thing, if you have three totally distinct avatars and they're different kinds of people from different walks of life, you may actually find you need three different types of marketing messages, but you can focus on one to start with, resonate with them, get in the groups that they join, right? If it's online stuff, get involved in those conversations, connect with those kinds of people. Who do they follow? Who do they look up to? Who do they admire? And go and find those people and see what the interaction looks like and then model all the things that you're doing after that. Because people wanna do business with people that they connect with. People want to buy products and services from people that they feel that they have stuff in common with. And they wanna feel like you understand them. You know, people will care a lot more about what you have to say and what you have to offer when they feel that you care about them and most importantly, that you understand them. And that is really, really the key. You have to show your audience, you have to show your customer and your prospect that you understand who they are, what matters to them, and that you're able to provide them with something that's gonna fill a need that they have, that's gonna take pain away or generate pleasure or do something that is going to make their life better than it is right now. And that is ultimately the key. So despite the fact that, you know, in my, I, I suppose, egotistical younger days, I thought this guy was an idiot. He turned out to be a genius and I was the idiot. And so the moral of the story there too is you can learn a lesson from anybody and everybody if you pay attention and you see what's going on out there. So with all of that, make sure that you're relatable and approachable to your customer and make sure you understand and know your audience. Be sure to subscribe so you get every episode and share it with a friend. And until next time, remember, no matter what you want from your business and your life, don't compromise, optimize.